podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the Love Rugby League podcast, bringing you the latest rugby league news, talking points and exclusive interviews. Listen as fellow fans and experts discuss the burning issues in the game and share their bold predictions. We're out every Wednesday to look ahead to your rugby league weekend. Well, welcome to The Big Interview, a weekly look at life and league with one of the sport's biggest names. And this week's guest is one of the world's top centres, now playing in the second row, fit again with Salford, Callum Watkins. Uh, Callum, great to see you. How are you doing? Good to see you, George, mate. How are you doing? Good? Yeah, I'm really well. I mean, how are you generally and how, how good has it been for you to be back out there playing? Yeah, obviously it's, um, obviously it's been a long time coming. Uh, obviously nearly 11 months of uh, rehab. Um, getting myself right really and um, got myself into a really good place so you know obviously that's um, you know showing on the field and really enjoying being back out there you know obviously in the second row obviously a new, new little challenge for me but you know I'm enjoying it and um, it's just great to be back with the boys really and, and back playing and uh, just getting amongst it really Has the game changed much since you've been out? Um not really, not to be fair. To be fair, the game's gone probably a little bit quicker, more intense. But um, I just there's probably not that much much difference to when I last played uh, last played last year. So um, again, obviously getting used to obviously the the six again rule and stuff like that. And obviously, <laughs> like I say, obviously I got the appeal um, right. Obviously, I, I took Johnny Lomax out. Um, <laughs> Trying to trying to basically stop his kick and made a collision with him. So um, stuff like that. That's obviously been uh, looked at a lot more now, and um, like a lot of players are getting 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 warnings, getting bans now. So got to be careful in what you're doing in terms of got to protect the players um, as much as possible, really. But apart from that, nothing much has nothing much has changed. It's just again, it's just been a long time coming. Really, obviously the rehab was a long time, but. I felt like I just, you know, took my time with it and um, set a lot of goals really to to get myself back fit. And um, I think it was important for me to just, you know, be right mentally as well um, and doing the right things, you know, off the field as well and making sure that that I'm in a good place and I'm happy. And you know, I got to that place and and, and it's just showed, I guess, through the whole journey really of the the rehab progress and out there playing now. Yeah, I should say, just in terms of the timing of when we're recording this interview, it's, you, you've literally just found out that you're not going to be banned <laughs> because you, you texted me to say that you were, you were running late and I actually thought that, oh, you, you were actually in your disciplinary <laughs> in Leeds. But that, that's not how it works anymore. You were just on the end of a, a call, were you? How, how did that process work? Yeah, well, uh, obviously, I spoke speaking to obviously the guys at, at Salford, obviously Belize and, uh, and Rolls, and obviously they wanted to... Obviously, appeal the the situation um, because obviously I got a game. I got a game ban, but um, we f- we felt that we could uh, obviously appeal and, and and see we can get the grade down. Uh, I, I knew what I did was um, I was guilty of it, but it was obviously looking at the in, the intent of the of the tackle and what what I was really trying to to do. Really, uh, for me, I was just trying to. Um, Stop Johnny from kicking the ball, basically, and it, it, I, I saw him juggle it, basically, and um, 
it just it put up to my speed really to try and put pressure on him and we just collided we just collided there and uh you know we felt that uh the, the, it wasn't deemed as reckless so we felt anyway they they thought it was but um you know you know fortunately we got we've we got a quite a good result and obviously be free to play obviously the in the next week so yeah it was just all over the zoom call really it was quite it's quite surreal to be fair because I've never been uh, in the judiciary so I've never actually been uh, and you've never done all the process of it all so it was quite an experience actually and so this your uh, first you've never been in yeah yeah really yeah I think I think I, well I was looking well what I do is obviously to send the um uh, basically track record and seeing what you've done. And I only had like one thing out of my career. I think it was just like a caution, which was like in 2011 or something like that. Um, <laughs> so I've never, um, I've never, yeah, I've never been obviously banned or anything like that or had any kind of thing where I've had to appeal. So it was quite a, because Blazer was asking, Blazer was saying, oh, you've done this before, have you? I was like, no, I've not done this before, you know. <laughs> so I says, all oh, right, we're going to have to, you know, like, obviously talk about what we're going to we're going to say and uh, you know blazing rolls did a really good job <laughs> to be fair um i just i just went in there and just said a couple of words and said look it was just me i'm an honest player and just wanted to, to the, obviously get the the bam the bam reduced really and it, it worked that's like that's like the biggest sign ever of how much the game has changed the fact that you can be out for 11 months having never ever spoke to anyone from a disciplinary panel and within two matches of being back <laughs> there you are <laughs> Right in the middle of it. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think the back row is getting a little bit to me. I, I think I think I'm getting more involved, aren't I? So, right. well, <laughs> especially it. the defensive side. It's like you just reminded me actually of something very funny. Where was the last time I went to visit Rob Burrow and there was, I think there was Adam Cuthbertson, Stevie Ward and Barry McDermott were in the same room talking about the disciplinary process. And the person who knew it best was Rob. He'd been in yeah. more than Stevie, Adam Cuthbertson and Barry. To disciplinaries, <laughs> Robert, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Just laughing away yeah. in the corner he was. Um, <laughs> <Bless him. laughs> he, so he went for someone, didn't he? One of, one of the big hull lads, I remember. He had a proper scrap with. And, it was uh, Lawaki, wasn't it? It, it was Lawaki at that time. And uh, basically, Lawaki got hold of him. He, Rob's swinging at him and... <laughs> <laughs> big Keith having a big laugh to himself. It was like 2010, 2009 or something like that. I remember that so vividly. It was, <laughs> it was so funny. He never he never took a backward step though, Rob. Um, I think he got in a couple of scuffles really. Like, uh, but when I was watching back then, um, not being obviously not being a regular player, but yeah, he got himself into a little scuffle. You, you, you won't want to mess with Rob, you know. Um, He's a fiery, a fiery little guy, especially when he's out on the field. So, yeah, yeah. obviously we've got some great memories, great stories, obviously with Rob out there on the field as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I was going to ask you about Rob later, but we just stumbled upon that now. I mean, you know, I don't know how much you've got, you've you've got to see him or not, but I mean, you must treasure treasure memories of being in and around that dressing room with, with Rob and and all the guys you you were with. Yeah, honestly, it was. For me, being part of that Leeds team, um, the guys that I just watched on TV, you know, a few, few years back, and I watched, I've watched the game since the age of five. So, um, being part of that, being part of that team where, you know, they were aiming for something special, mm. uh, and coming into that group was was surreal. Like I felt, 
you know, starstruck straight away. Like, I think for the, for the first year or so, I hardly said a word to the guys because I was, I, was I was that nervous being around them. But at the same time, I had a kind of mindset of thinking, well, I've got an opportunity here to, to be part of something special. And I felt like I earned my place doing that. And um, I think Rob was a big shining light in terms of helping me be, feel comfortable and being part of the team. And uh, He's really big in that uh, and how he did that. And it showed what a, what a great leader he was. But also, he's got that fun side to him. And, you know, I really love that about him. He loves his movies, loves, loves Will Ferrell. Quoting films, singing Michael Jackson all the time. Um, I had some fantastic memories, obviously, with Rob. And I, I lived in Pony for a quite, a, quite, a, quite a while. Um, so we used to car share quite a bit. So we car shared for about three, four years, like on and off. So, um, well, Rob was quite kind of a busy guy. I was getting a lot of promos and stuff. So sometimes I wouldn't jump in, but um, didn't want me waiting around. So, yeah, he, he was a massive help in terms of that. But I think. A lot of the, a lot of the things with Rob, we 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 didn't really talk about the rugby side. It, it was a lot about the off field stuff and and family and everything. And, and he's such a family orientated guy. Like like he he inspires me to be a, a better dad and a better person because he showed that in abundance. Even when I went to to pick him up, he's only just left the house. He's ringing Lindsay up, asking how the kids are and everything, and just just little things like that. Like it it, it makes me look back and think, you know. He's, he's a massive family oriented guy and um you know obviously what he's going through is 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 so so sad um and I've not seen him in the, in, a, in a long in a, in a long time it's been he's been a good few months but I um I texted him I remember we were speaking we were speaking obviously at the game and uh, I thought I'm gonna text him here and he he, he he texted me back just asking you know just his usual self um how I was doing and everything and times and um, yeah, hopefully we can get to see him again, get, get him real soon. Where we can get a group of the lads and yourself as well to, to get over and and go see him and stuff. It's you know it's been a while, but um, it was just like really nice to to, to hear from him and just being his being his normal self. Uh, you know, while going through this as well, but he's he's been an absolute warrior with with everything that he's doing at the minute and the support and the love that he's got. It's just there to show how much of a a brilliant person he is funny guy as well but yeah you want to cross him because he'll get you yeah. <laughs> he'll get you at some point uh, with his jokes and with his pranks as well so um you know he's such a great great character rob and obviously i cherish every moment i've had with him mate that's some really really nice really nice words mate really nice memories of uh of playing playing with rob um that was uh, that was really nice what about you then let's just spend a couple of minutes talking about where you are now you mentioned playing in the pack uh, you come back and you played in the second row. Is is that you done then? Is that is that you in the second row now for good, or will we see you back in the centre? I don't mean <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not you know. I'm not. I'm not sure. You know. Um, look, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it in the back row. I think um, it's probably adding a little bit more to my game. And look, the guys at Salford are doing really well. But um, and I know Dion Cross has been he's been quite a revelation for us, really. He came in in pre-season, obviously, uh, he was at Witness and he's been at a couple of clubs that obviously are not full-time, but he wants to come into a full, full pre-season. He's, he's just really bedded in and really really done really well. And 
he's quite an understudy to to Cancio and and Cancio's a real top professional. Uh, great guy as well. So he, he basically just followed his lead really and and what he does, he does tons and tons of extras, make sure that he's right to play, um, make sure he's in the best shape possible. And I think it's just showing out on the field, like he's a talented young young lad as well and a good fella as well. And look, um for me, the op- you know the opportunity is obviously there to to play in the centres, but I ain't knocking on Rolls' door telling him to play me at centre. Like I'm, I'm just wanting to play. So he sees me playing in the back row. It's just adding another dimension, really, to that kind of side. And I think we've been really solid, uh, you know, on that edge all year. Uh, it's just been obviously our defensive side and our discipline's probably let us down throughout throughout these games and obviously for the last two games that we've played um, just them little things that's probably probably cost us in the end but I know that we've got a really good group here but I'm look I'm enjoying it I mean I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be back but um, getting involved in the second row is is it's a tough challenge yeah it is a challenge and I know how the forwards what the forwards go through through a game and how much work they have to do so it gives me a little bit, obviously, a lot more uh, respect towards them guys that that do that. And um, look, I just want to work hard and, and do well for the team. So where I'm put, I'll uh, I do a job for Salford. No, you know, no, no, no doubt about that. Maybe get some tips from Rob about how to look after yourself playing in the pack, eh? <laughs> yeah, I try my best. Yeah, <laughs> um, all these tackle technique. That's it. You don't want to run at Rob either. So. <laughs> Uh, what about aspirations for the rest of the year, both both for Salford and for you individually? Look, um, you know, like I'm, I'm taking each game at a time, and I'm, I'm basically I'm just trying to get, you know, more more confident. And look, it's comparing the other two time times I've had this injury. The other two times have been public situations where I've come back too early or come back to training too early. Whereas this time I've just taken it really, really slow and taken each goal at a time. And I just felt I was ready. I actually thought in my head, I'm ready to play. And when I, I did get out there, there wasn't a thought. There wasn't, I wanted to get to that point where there wasn't a thought about my injury or my knee or anything like that or how it pull up or I'm not questioning myself. Whereas the previous times I probably did, probably thought about it too much. And I think that's perfectly normal. I think with with long term injuries, you got to be careful because I know a lot. Of, I know a lot of the guys that have that have had multiple of these these type of injuries have done the whole kind of rehab progress, then got back playing the next couple of weeks and done it again. You know, um, so it can be heartbreaking at times. But you just got to make sure that you that I'm in good shape. But I think obviously physically, yeah, I pass all them tests physically, but. It was really important for me and uh, Dave and Josh, the physios there, they helped me out massively in terms of making sure that I was right to play mm. and that I was mentally ready. And they could see that. And, um, you know, we, we planned, obviously, the Wigan game, but we thought, you know, we looked at the Catalan game as well and thought, you know, I'm ready. I was, I was ready to play. So I just felt I had a chat with uh, Dave, the physio, and it was like, look, I know that you're ready. I, I know that you're ready to play and uh, I just felt confident throughout there. But for me, I just aspirations, I just want to 
get my plane playing really well and you know we'll 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 see you know the end of the year and you look I love to be a part of the the England setup at the end of the year of course I would you know anyone would do uh, to be part of a World Cup um, and hopefully that can happen but I know how much work I've got to do and how much um, how good my performances have got to be to be a part of that team so um, I'll be working really hard to make sure that I'm in the best shape possible uh, physically and mentally through the seasons because it's going to be ups and downs that's part of the journey of a season really isn't it and um, looking forward to to getting out there again with the boys and um, you know hopefully that can happen that hopefully going to happen at the end of the year that'll be a great story, I think, for, for myself, because it could be easily said that, um, look, the last time I wore a shirt, the England shirt, was the last World Cup final. So, um, you know, what story that would be um, if I could get a, another jersey, another England jersey in play um, in the World Cup. But we'll see what happens. And whatever happens, happens, mate. I'll just give it my absolute best. And, um, you know, if that means being in the team then that's so be it but if it doesn't then it doesn't as long as I've given it my absolute best and give myself the best opportunity then that all that matters Just watch out for ankle taps this time eh? Yeah <laughs> hopefully, I'm a, hopefully I'm a little bit quicker but uh, <laughs> with my knees but yeah yeah just one of those things isn't it it's just yeah you, I always look back and think you know what if you know if that didn't happen then well, Elliot White Elliot, Elliot Whitehead's on the inside and they pass it to him he's in and you know that gives us the momentum then to carry on and um, you know that I remember that game you know so much that second half especially like we had opportunities to win that game and uh, you know we just didn't take them but we have to move move forward and that and it's obviously a crop of younger England players talented boys as well and We've got a few guys over in the NRL as well that have got plenty of experience now. And um, obviously the senior guys that have obviously were, were, were part of that team, they've, they've obviously moved on and retired and stuff like that now. So it gives opportunities for other players. You know, we've got a good good crop of uh, young England players, especially, you know, for our top teams in Super League and obviously the guys in the NRL as well. So the future is bright, mate. We're looking forward to... I'm just looking forward to whether I'm a part of it or not to see how they go. Um, we know probably the Aussies are probably going to be the most formidable side. So we're going to know that um, we're going to face a lot of challenges through that World Cup. I th- that's that's for sure. But I think we got. A, it seems that we've got a really good group of players there led by uh, Sean Wayne there. Um, I really hope you are part of it, um, you know, both professionally and personally. I, I really hope that. If 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 it didn't turn out that way, would you play for Jamaica? Yeah, yeah, I would. Um, I've spoke to a couple of guys that are involved in that, and obviously, you know, if the England stuff doesn't work, then I I, I definitely would look at the Jamaica Jamaican team as well. So you know, they've earned the the right to get into this World Cup, and um, they want to do. A really good job in doing that, and obviously promoting the game in Jamaica as well. So I know that that's important. I know that's important, and um, yeah, I'd, you know, I'd, if that doesn't happen in the England setup, then you know, I'll look to do that. So you're um, quite clear, you're quite clear with them. It's like, like this is my this is 
this is my goal here. My dream is to go full circle yeah. and be back for England. But if I don't get back in, you know, this, this could happen, we could make this work, you know. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Um, yeah, and I think, like you say, it's, it's understandable. I've been part of that England setup for the last last two two World Cups and there's still an opportunity there that I can that I can get in, get involved in it and I probably could see this obviously as in an England aspect the last chance really for for a World Cup. Um, so yeah, it's it's something that obviously I'm working working towards, but taking it day by day, mate. And yeah, of course I look at if it if I don't get picked for for England, of course I will look at Jamaica, and, uh, and that'll be nice because it's obviously part of my family heritage as well. So. Uh, that'd be nice that'd be nice for the family as well uh, just a, a couple more my my cats are making noises at the cat flap they always interrupt the podcast so they're going to want feeding very soon um, uh, just a couple more on, on your career and it's such a big career I don't like to kind of summarise it and go on brush strokes but I want to ask you about Australia um, yeah. you know, just just in terms of one um, I mean I, I knew you at Leeds and I, I felt that you probably had a chance to go every, at the end of every season, how well you were playing. And eventually you went quite late in your career. And, you know, how, how, how do you kind of reflect and summarise that passage of your career where, when you went to the NRL? Yeah. Um, in terms of opportunities, yeah. A, a lot of the time in my career, I've, I've had opportunities to look at going to the NRL. Um but I've never really kind of been advised or anything. I didn't really, I didn't have an agent or anything like that during during my time at Leeds. Really, it was only when I did actually go decide to go to the NRL, I decided that I needed some kind of advice and um, of going over there. Um, but I think it was obviously the situation probably wasn't the the, the most ideal. Obviously, leaving Leeds mid season that that was probably something. It was something that I didn't want to want to do, but I felt like I needed it. Um, and that wasn't in terms of that wasn't in terms of the on-field stuff because the on-field stuff it was coming like I wasn't playing well around the time I came back too early from my injury, um, but at the same time there's a lot of pressure on me. I think the big the big thing about being a captain there as well was such a huge thing because I didn't expect it. I didn't expect being being the captain, but I knew I was a leader in terms of how I. Um, did things on the field, my actions and stuff like that. I think I do a lot of things that people don't really see and recognise. Um, but yeah, I, like obviously being a senior player as well, you naturally gravitate to be be a leader in that sense. But um, yeah, the the lead situation was obviously a very difficult situation. Um, leaving mid-season, it wasn't ideal, but I felt like the off-field stuff was was probably the key factor to that. I think I think the key factor to that was obviously the situation with uh, Leeds and uh, the contract situation, but that wasn't that wasn't the reason I went. The reason I went this was because my off-field stuff wasn't in the best of places, right. and that was affecting myself on the field. And I just felt like I needed to get away. I needed to get away and. Um, the obviously contract stuff happened, but it, it wasn't ideal. But I just knew it was coming because my game was affected, and I wasn't playing well at all. So, like, I had a contract to stay another two years. The the year after that, 
uh, at Leeds. Um, and obviously Leeds didn't want to go and didn't want to go ahead with it. And um, But I felt like that was coming because I wasn't playing well at all and the team wasn't doing well. So the, the club wasn't really in a good place. So seeing where that that would come into place and um, how things went probably didn't go, go the best. But I think I left amicably anyway. I think, you know, I, I showed the club respect. I did. I really did. And um, it, like I could have gone and, and said not very nice stuff about the club, but that 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 just isn't me. Um, and I know the club are a good club, and I know the Leeds club and and the fans and stuff like that are, are very very passionate and want them to be successful. So look, it's a business at the end of the day as well, and you know you got to realise that. I think for me, I've been so happy at, at, at Leeds; it's stopped me from other opportunities. But I felt I'd rather just be happy, you know, um, than get more money. So. I even went to the Gold Coast and went on less money. So, like, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't for me the the money aspect. It was just the fact that I wasn't even in a good place. So I needed to get out of there basically, and that wasn't ideal. It wasn't an ideal situation for for anybody to leave halfway through the season. If ideally, if it would have been the end of season, probably would have done that. But um, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be part of that reason if the something really bad happened with that club um, and if I'm not playing and I'm not playing well yeah. I'm the leader there as well so I just felt it I just felt it was the right time to go um, but the NRL was 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 a great experience mate it was it was it was it was phenomenal really and you know totally different lifestyle like you know the family loved it uh, loved it there and um, look I was looked after there at the Gold Coast the good people there and um they have, they, they have a vision. They have a vision there that they want to be successful. They want to get to the finals and they want to get to a grand final at some point in the next five to ten years. And um, look at that time. I want to be a part of it. Of course, I did. And obviously, COVID came and uh, and and obviously stopped that pretty soon. Um, I was only there uh, probably just under a year, but I did enjoy the experience. I'm glad I did go because. I think I needed that kind of space away from my normal comforts, really, and uh, try and test out myself in NRL. Um, but I didn't obviously put myself in probably the best position because I wasn't playing well at all. Uh, and obviously went over there and they were in a bad situation themselves, Gold Coast as well. Um, as soon as I got there, they pretty much let the their coach go. Um so I think I'm bringing all this bad luck here. So, <laughs> so <laughs> thinking, what's going on here? Um, and they were probably like in a similar situation that Leeds were in terms of the the playing situation. Um, wasn't in a good spot. So they needed kind of a culture change. And obviously they felt like Justin Albert would, would come in and do a, um, a good job for them. And, you know, you know, we, he did a real good job with them last year in terms of getting them to, to the playoffs. I think it just showed it throughout the preseason. It was probably one of the best pre-seasons I've had. I've been a part of because um, Tolbert was just so honest with everybody, but he wanted everybody to enjoy the rugby, to see enjoy it, you know. And I think that was a good feel factor for them for them boys. And I think it sh- it showed last year especially, but uh, this year obviously they're in a, a another kind of tough learning curve at, at the minute. But that's just NRL though. It's like you, there's no room for error. Like you can't, 
you get found out and if you're making too many mistakes that you know there's such good players there but I just think it's just the kind of intensity look we get that intensity in Super League there's no doubt about it I know I can compare it definitely we, we get similar intensities but it's just I think because we play a lot of games a lot more games here the teams are a lot more fatigued and tired when they're going into games they're not recovered as much as what they are in the NRL and then the NRL is just 25, 25 rounds of intense hard graft basically whereas a lot we're getting a lot more intense games no doubt about it it's, it's good it's, it's pretty good comparison really it's, there isn't much difference and I think a lot I think a lot of the the play here in the UK we like to play a little bit more mm-hmm. whereas it's a lot more strategic in the NRL it's, it is def- a lot of defence based like you have to get your defence right there otherwise you just get picked to pieces man yeah. and um, yeah and that happens here as well like you know that happens with, with quite a few teams here like you know Saints have done it to, to many a team over the last few years like and their defence is probably their defence is probably at an NRL standard like the t- one of the top teams as well Um. I want to wrap up in a couple of minutes, but I do want to, and I don't want to dwell on this. I want to ask you briefly what what happened with Toronto. Uh, was that something that I mean, did it go through and then collapse? Were you going to go? Was it? So what happened? So what happens? What what happened was um, obviously COVID happened. My dad ended up getting COVID, so um, I ended up coming back. But I had no intention to sign anywhere else. Like I, I was actually going to go back right. to, to Australia. But again, off the field, my relationship was over. So right. my kids obviously were still in Australia with my, their mum. So they wanted to come back uh, for good, basically. So I felt for me, like, do I go back to the end of then play to the end of the season, then come back? And I just felt no. Like my kids are too important. My kids are just number one for me, and I couldn't leave them for six. I couldn't leave them for for a few days. Never mind six months, six seven months. Um, so I felt that if if we could get an opportunity to sign over to Super League again, then I'll probably just take it because it's it obviously is a difficult situation during that time because of COVID. So it's going to be it's going to be limited anyway to get a team, um, but. Obviously, I spoke to Brian Mack quite a bit through the time I was in Australia, so he'd, he'd always kind of keep tabs on me, really. Um, so I spoke to him and said, look, you know, we want to get you on board. And obviously, me, this this, this is me thinking, right, okay, like this is, an, again, another kind of experience that, look, everyone seemed to say is really, really positive and really good. Going to Toronto is, is, is a great place to go to. Um so I thought, yeah, you know, why not? Let, let, let's take it. And um, obviously signed on. And then obviously I spoke to uh, uh, Brad Singleton quite a bit yeah. during that COVID situation. And um, yeah, uh, you mentioned stuff about getting paid late and everything. And I was thinking, oh, this just, just, this is only just signed a week or so. And this just doesn't sound good at all. Um, and then, yeah, I was just, I probably, I was just in probably about, three or four Zoom calls and getting told, oh, we're going to get paid on this day and it doesn't happen. And then I think we had one with the owner as well. 
and obviously he lo- he was like, "Oh, I apologise and everything, and um, we'll make sure that you get your money and stuff like that by the end of the year." And and I think the majority of the guys were already just had enough and just didn't believe what he said. So, and it hasn't happened. It has. It hasn't happened. I don't know what's happening with the other guys. Obviously, there they've been. For me, I think I only. I think I missed like two months' pay. Right. Um, but I'd only I'd only signed like three four months. It was only like three four months. Then I obviously signed at Salford. So uh, a lot of the guys would probably have been um, a lot worse off than I. A hell of a lot worse than I are. So I I don't even like even bother with it. I don't even. I just leave it. It's just one of those things. I, I feel more sorry for the guys that have been there longer and mm-hmm. the staff as well. The staff that are just not they haven't they haven't received anything um, from it. So look, it's kind of a crazy situation that we, we got ourselves in, especially through that kind of lockdown period as well. And players weren't getting paid, like couldn't even pay the mortgage or anything like that, and um, couldn't even afford shopping and stuff like that. So. Um, Look, for me, it was just—I'm just grateful that I got an opportunity again, like with with Salford, and um, and obviously that's always going to be a difficult situation as well because a lot of the clubs are going to be cutting costs, aren't they, uh, through COVID and and everything. So I think, you know, I thought it could have been quite awkward going into any kind of club. Um, you know, obviously, with the the situation on signing signing players and obviously players taking pay cuts and everything, and it probably doesn't look like a good sign, really, when you you get you you're getting asked to take a pay cut and then you end up signing someone. You know, um, so at the time, I thought, well, this is probably might get a little bit awkward, but no, the boys were the boys were great as soon as I came in. Like I know majority of them anyway, so um, they knew me as a person, so they. they like it's just one of those things. Like I wanted to be part of a team that look, they were, you know, they're looking to to be successful. I think Salford around that time were we're in a really good, really, really good place. And obviously going into that year we got into the Challenge Cup final, which was great and it was great for the club. Albeit it was disappointed at the same time we didn't get the result, but at the same time the fans didn't get to experience that, which is probably the saddest thing. Uh, for the Salford fans especially because it's been however long it's been 50-60 years or something like that since they were in a Wembley final so um, yeah I was just really grateful obviously just to be just to be signed really get an opportunity again and during them tough times so you know I've got a lot of love for that club uh, a lot of love for, for Salford um, but at the same time obviously I feel for the guys that obviously haven't received any kind of payments or anything back from from the Toronto side of it but that's all I was part of really mate just yeah. kind of Zoom calls and, and stuff like that <laughs> well it's all part of life's rich tapestry another challenge and as you as you know as well as I do life's challenges are what we come through and make us more rounded individuals and it's that adversity that kind of makes us the people we are so um you've uh, you've got one hell of a story it's been great it's been great chatting to you tonight I really appreciate your time um, no, no problem mate no problem uh, it's been a pleasure no it's always a pleasure I've got cats that need feeding so I'm going to let you uh, go and enjoy the rest of your evening but uh, Callum Watkins thank you for joining us thank you for listening and we'll see you next time
Thanks for listening to the Love Rugby League podcast. Know someone who shares our collective love for rugby league? Let them know about this podcast and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Eager for more rugby league news? Visit loverugbyleague.com. Podcast Network.